When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 201 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we're discussing how to apply the principles of minimalism to our friendships. If you're like me, a 14-month and counting pandemic may have likely changed, or I should rather say reduced, your social circle. How can we take the lessons learned in quarantine and apply a less is more philosophy to our social life going forward? Why would we even want to? I'm posing these questions and many more to my guest today. My guest is Meredith Keith Church. She is a lifestyle optimization coach who's here to discuss all things related to intentional adult friendships. Before we get into today's interview, a quick note and a quick thank you to one of today's two episode sponsors, Quince. Traditional luxury retailers add markup after markup through middlemen. And the old way of doing things is full of financial and environmental waste. Quince has been a game changer for my wardrobe and home, and that's because Quince eliminates the excess. They eliminate excess packaging and unnecessary shipping around the globe, and they only partner with factories committed to sustainability. Quince is building the next Amazon, but better. Now there's a brand new offer for our listeners, 10% off your first purchase of $100 or more, when you use special code SM10. You still get 365-day free returns, but many of their collections sell out immediately. So move quick. Go to onequince.com. That's O-N-E-Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com, onequince, and use code SM10. Now let's get right into the interview. Meredith, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. So thank you. I always like considering this question because I feel like, you know, we all have so many facets of our identity, right? So it can be a challenge to pick which ones to describe ourselves with. So uh, I'll just start out. Uh, My name is Meredith and I'm a health coach who supports women to improve their health and energy with really simple uh, yet powerful lifestyle changes. So simple being the key here, because I really like working with folks to just make things easier, right? Um, which your your listeners can probably relate to. I'm also a mom. I'm a dancer. Uh, I enjoy supporting my local community in different ways that are 
passions of mine, such as supporting local pedestrian and bike advocacy groups, we're a car-free family. So that's really close to my heart. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to have to have you on the show again so we can really (laughs) dive deep into car-free living. Um, Unfortunately, that's not what we're here to talk about today, but I have so many questions. So (laughs) we'll talk offline. We are here today to talk about applying minimalism to our friendship. So right off the bat, I should say probably that most people don't think about applying minimalism to their friendships because minimalism tends to be synonymous with decluttering. So I guess my first question for you today would be, can minimalism be applied to our adult friendships? And if so, how do you do it? Yes. So I think starting out there, you made a great point. I think that I've also noticed that this is just an area that people don't necessarily consider when we think about minimalism, and it absolutely can apply. It really translates into simplifying our social circles in the same way that we've simplified other areas, right? So we have the opportunity to have really deep, meaningful relationships with other people when we apply that same intentionality to other you know, that we've applied to other areas with minimalism. And we really carve out the time to do so. And I feel like we can use some of the same types of focuses that we've done with minimizing, decluttering, like you mentioned, you know, when we think about looking at our schedules, our homes and our belongings, we're looking at clearing space, right, for things that or people or places that we absolutely love and just moving away from those things or situations that don't serve us as well. So looking at our relationships in the same way, uh, you know, being honest with ourselves and looking at the relationships we have in our lives that really recharge us, you know, the people that when we spend time with them, we feel really great and energized afterwards. We just really feel connections. We're nodding along with the conversations. We're really excited to see those people and spend time with them again. I would say that's kind of how we can apply those same thoughts of minimalism that we may have applied to things uh, or places or, you know, activities and that kind of thing. Hmm. Your response makes me think about the takeaway quote from the book Essentialism, which was, of course, less but better, right? Nurture fewer friendships, but make them solid and strong and fulfilling. I think also, too, when we're talking about minimalism and stuff, you know, when we declutter, we're clearing out physical space. And then there are benefits to come with free physical space. But when we simplify and get really intentional about our social circles and our friendships, we are making, I would say, mental space or perhaps even emotional space, especially if the friendship or friendships in question are emotionally draining. Is there anything else in your opinion that listeners can gain by prioritizing fewer but deeper relationships in their personal lives? Yes, I definitely feel like it's just an opportunity to feed our souls, which really directly supports our health and wellness overall when we surround ourselves with those who feel like really true friends. Just that feeling of being able to be ourselves and we don't really have to overthink things or be careful about choosing our language. I feel like we can just get those 
feelings of just overall joy, first of all, just happiness and that expansiveness of like being who we are, like taking up all the space that we need to. And also actual improvements in our health. And there's a lot of research that's been done on this uh, about people's like health span as it relates to having close relationships. So, you know, you can find studies on certain parts of the world and the communities and how closely knit those communities are with people really knowing each other and not just, you know, having a neighbor saying hello, that type of thing. Well, really being there for each other in times of need. And those folks have been shown to have a not just a longer lifespan, but that high health span. So in other words, like however long they live, being super healthy the whole time and just, you know, feeling good and happy, really being linked to that deep connection. Whereas you can also see studies that have shown that, you know, loneliness doesn't necessarily go away just by being surrounded by other people. So again, it's it's really the difference between just those surface connections and saying, hey, I know a lot of people, I have a lot of acquaintances, I have all these groups, and really being able to say, you know, I've got these deep connections. Yeah, it, so much of your answer there really resonated with me. You said the term deeper relationships and there's a surface Stephanie and then there's the there's the real Stephanie. And as I get older, I feel as though I don't have the time, but more importantly, I don't have the patience for the for the surface level friendships as much. And I have them and I love those people to death, but again, as I get older, I want the real friendships. I want the deep soul level. I love you like a sister type of type of relationship. And I don't know if I'm strange or I don't know if that's what happens when people get older, but I guess that's where I'm at. And so I'd love to transition this conversation to talk about, okay, well, how? How do we actually do this in real life so that it feels natural and not awkward and not forced? And when we see an ex-friend in the grocery store, it's, it's not, you know, run and hide in another aisle. So I guess my first question here is, how do you know when a friendship you have has come to its logical conclusion or reached its expiration date? How do you know? So I feel like the best way to sort of test that possibility is how you feel around that person. So, you know, sometimes it's you are actually with somebody and it's just not that it doesn't feel like it's a great interaction. So maybe you're arguing with this person more than you agree. Of course, we can argue with our friends and we're not always going to see eye to eye, right? And there's a difference between having a discourse, sharing perspectives, and it feeling really difficult to agree on anything. Or you feel like that person just doesn't get you or vice versa. That person's talking and you're thinking, I just cannot relate. Maybe it's you, you're okay in the moment spending time with someone. And then afterwards you feel super drained and you're maybe kind of relieved that that experience of being with them is done. Just paying attention to that and also, how excited are you to spend time with this person? Do you find all kinds of reasons to not get together with them? When they invite you to things, are they things that you think, that just isn't how I really want to spend my time? 
just that feeling of, am I really excited about this or am I feeling a sense of obligation uh, because we've been friends or a should, right? Like, oh, I should call them back. I just don't really feel like it. Or gosh, I feel bad that I'm telling them no. And I I don't really feel great about, you know, getting together with them and spending time. The other thing I've noticed both in my life and in others that I've talked to and worked with is that people's values change. People's priorities change. We get older. Like you mentioned, we're in different phases of our lives and find that different things are important, especially if and when we become parents and or if we're caring for loved ones who may have aged. All kinds of things can change in our lives. And sometimes the people that are in our lives don't make that transition with us. Yeah, you know, we go through seasons of life, right? I can think of my life. I had a lot of friendships with other moms because our kids were friends. So the kids were friends, the moms were friends. But what was the primary reason that we were all friends? It was so that our kids could have early <laughs> learning socializations. And now that the kids are growing up, those friendships don't necessarily need to continue with a Wednesday coffee play date anymore because the season of life that we're in now has changed. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's definitely a great example. And that's actually one I've experienced too. And I remember finding myself trying to push these certain friendships with moms and also feeling like, oh, I've got to do this socializing and have these relationships for my child. Uh, And as they grow, like you say, you know, they start to decide how they want to spend their time and who they want to spend their time with. And I suddenly realized maybe I don't need to be doing this wide reach and keeping all these relationships with all these different moms just because we're all in the same activity or, you know, we have been in the same play group and that kind of thing. And when I noticed that, you know, I could probably just find some friends that weren't necessarily in those same circles and maybe I have more in common with them at this stage and that kind of thing, uh, things really started to feel a lot more relaxed. Hmm. So we're going to talk about how do you break up with friends? How do you do it in a way that's not awkward? (laughs) After a quick word from this week's sponsor. The Sustainable Minimalist Podcast is supported by Mama Zen. This past year has been quite difficult on moms, and I've been struggling with anxiety and irritability for more months than I can count. I've tried meditation, I've tried yoga, but nothing offered long-term reprieve. And then I found Mama Zen. The Mama Zen app specializes in helping moms like me become calmer and more patient so we can raise our children with joy. I felt significantly calmer and more in control after my very first Mind Power session, and I appreciate that the app's content is rooted in science to create lasting change. Even better, the app is customized for your unique challenges with specific solutions for your family. If you're struggling with impatience, anger, sadness, or irritability in motherhood, you need this app. Just head to your app store, download Mama Zen, and use promo code Stephanie to get unlimited free access for 30 days. That's M-A-M-A-Z-E-N with promo code Stephanie. 
And we're back with Meredith Keith Church. We're discussing adult friendships. And we are at the point in this conversation, Meredith, where I need your <laughs> wisdom. How on earth do we break up with our friends? Yes. So that is definitely a big question of everyone's, right? So when we've identified that a relationship is just not working, what then? So it definitely depends on the situation. It doesn't always have to be a big dramatic moment, which is what I think a lot of us think about when we consider in our minds, oh no, what's the next step here? You know, sometimes we either move physically, like, you know, move to a different place to live. Sometimes we stop participating in an activity. And there can be some sort of natural drifting away when it comes to some situations. And if if that's the case, if that applies, it's really just about giving yourself permission to let that happen. I think a lot of times, even if there might be a natural disconnect there, we sometimes still grab on or do the things again that maybe society tells us we should like say, oh, let's keep in touch. Let's exchange information, that kind of thing, just because it feels polite. If you're the one who's been initiating the whatever it is, get-togethers, the calls, that kind of thing, it's okay to let that go, particularly if it has felt like an obligation or something that you're doing just to be nice rather than something that's offered out of true joy. If there's something that you feel like, you know, I'm not sure this is just going to go away, and or if it's a situation where you feel pretty uncomfortable, like maybe there's just something that um, you you really want to sort of exit this relationship more quickly than just letting it drift. You know, if, I feel like if you can be honest to a certain extent and let the person know directly that you feel like you're moving in different directions in life that just don't converge anymore, explore that option. It really depends, obviously, on how comfortable you've been with that person, how upfront and honest conversations have been in the past. If there's been a specific situation, for example, cite that, that it feels like, you know, I think that we feel really differently about this, or it seems like you're really busy right now because you have XYZ happening and I might not be able to match up with your schedule on your your weekly get-togethers. I've had this happen before where people really insisted they wanted to get together and they would make a time and then break it, right? Or um, something would come up at the last minute. And I thought, you know, I think this has run its course and I didn't want to keep setting aside this time. So I just told the person, I think it's best if we don't schedule activities anymore. They're not working out with everybody's schedule. So you know, let's just see how things go. And if you want to give me a call later or if we connect naturally, great. So that was one easy way to say, you know, I'm not going to continue to put this aside on my calendar because it doesn't seem to be a priority. And then I feel sort of left out or not, you know, paid attention to that kind of thing. Um, and then lastly, of course, you know, for situations that you just don't feel comfortable talking about directly, there's always something on your calendar. Truly, there's always a way to gracefully exit by saying, oh, there's something on my calendar, whether it's, you know, for an invitation, an activity, because truly there is always something on your calendar, right? So you can just 
make it clear that you don't have the, the opportunity to do that right then. You don't have to go into detail about why or what it is that is taking precedence. And, you know, it is the truth. Hmm. I have so many thoughts, Meredith. I don't even know where to begin. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to hear them. <laughs> My first thought is that relationships, friendships, potential friendships, they naturally run their course all the time, right? Oh, we could text this person or we could forget or we could, you know, sign up for this committee and meet new people or we could not. Like the ebb and flow of life means that things die as new people, new experiences come ushering in. So I think there's definitely something to be said for just letting life happen. However, (laughs) I also think when we were talking about intentional living and being intentional with our choices and who we decide to surround ourselves with, I wonder if in the instance where it's it was a deep friendship with two people who genuinely cared about each other on a friendship level, whether a conversation needs to be had about why this friendship is ending. And I know a lot of times when a friendship is coming to a logical conclusion and it's a deep friendship, both people know it, right? Either you're arguing all the time, you're not seeing to eye to eye, or you're just not connecting like you used to. That's not what I'm talking about because in those instances, everybody knows the friendship's ending, It doesn't mean we're never going to speak again. It doesn't mean we're enemies. It just means we're not going to prioritize each other anymore. What I'm talking about here is the instance where both people think it's a deep friendship or at one time it was a serious, intentional, mindful relationship. And one person makes the decision for whatever reason to pull away and end it. What are your thoughts in that situation? I know you said mentioning, you know, you have stuff on your calendar, but I'm wondering whether as adults, we owe it to the other person to give an explanation. So definitely in the situation where it's more than just a surface situation or more than just drifting away, if people are comfortable, I absolutely advocate just the honest and upfront approach. And that's just kind of how I do things anyway. I also know that not everyone's comfortable with that, which is why I try to offer, you know, different perspectives. And anytime you can just sit down and be honest about how you feel about something with someone, I am absolutely behind that. Yeah. So this is like oversharing for sure. But I was dropped by a close friend, not recently, a few few years ago. But we never had that conversation. We never had the, like, why was I dropped? We were a deep, close, I I considered this person like a sister. I loved her like a sister. And I'm pretty sure, I would bet that she at one time felt the same way about me. But then, you know, she just started canceling, stopped getting in touch, and then it was over. It was done. And I am seeing her, I am running into her an awful lot lately, and it is the most awkward thing because we never had that conversation. And you know what? To be completely honest, I'm still hurt about it. It was multiple years ago. I should be over it, but because I never got that closure, the wound is still fresh. And so adulting is hard. I don't like confrontation. However, I wonder if, you know, if we let somebody in deep and close to us, I wonder if 
because we're adults and because we're committed, if you're listening to this show, to intentional living, I wonder if a conversation is is owed to that person. And I'm just speaking out loud from my place of hurt. But that's something I'm trying to keep in mind in my own life with my own friendships, remembering being burned so I don't accidentally do that to somebody else. I want to talk to you about how on earth a minimalist would handle a couple different types of friendships. And in in both situations, I should say, the friendship is not like a surface level acquaintance. This is a deep soul connection, okay? So how can we best handle that deep soul connection friend who never reciprocates the effort? So I'm going to go back to that concept of honesty Because as we just discussed, I really feel like that's the best option. First of all, if we want to try to save the relationship and keep the relationship, then we can lead with that and explain that you're in a point in your life where you only want to spend time in relationships that really feel mutually beneficial. And right now it feels like things are a one-way street and explaining why, you know, so for example, this thing happened which left me feeling this way, and explaining really what we need, what we're looking for, so that people know. Is it, you know, more check-ins, remembering a birthday? Sometimes I do find that we do get so much in our heads that we expect people to read our minds and just know what we need. And I think sometimes, you know, we're a culture of not being great at asking for what we need or want. And while It's good for us to remember that we can only control our behavior and we can't control someone else's. I love the idea of giving them the chance to know what's happening, to know what we'd like to see happening instead. Um, And again, just being super honest and upfront. And actually, Stephanie, going back to what you talked about, uh, there have been issues or situations, I guess, where I've actually approached a friend that is no longer a friend, so a former friend, and and said, you know, what happened? Whatever happened with us exactly? Had I done something that upset you? Did you have a major life change that I don't know about? So I, I do think that's an option for the person who didn't get closure and feels like, you know, I really feel like I was owed some honesty. We can go back and ask. And of course, the person can say, I don't want to talk about it, or they can not return the call or what have you. And it's still an option. No, I thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, again, adulting is hard, right? But as adults, we can and should, especially when we feel wronged, advocate for ourselves, even though it's hard, right? Like nobody likes, or at at least I don't go in search of confrontation. Having that conversation with my ex-friend Uh, next time I see her, which will probably be tomorrow, you know, is stress inducing. But perhaps I owe it to myself and my own healing to to just do it. I'm going to report back. (laughs) I'm going to think about it. Next up is the how would an intentional minimalist handle that deep friendship that you want to keep? How would how would you handle a super needy friend? Yes. So I feel like the first thing to do is maybe to ask the question, what is going on with this person right now? Is this something temporary? Or looking back, have they always been this way and it's just starting to to bother you? Uh, you know, if they've always seemed super needy, 
maybe you're just now noticing, or again, maybe maybe what you have going on means whew, it feels very overwhelming right now versus in the past. Or if it's something temporary, does it feel like something that might change? Uh, do we need to address it? If you feel like it's appropriate and you feel like their behavior isn't linked to a specific event or point in time, you can talk to them about your feeling overwhelmed, right? So again, it's more about, I, I feel like it's, it keeps it simple and a little less stress-inducing, although of course, you know, having conversations with folks about feelings can always present stress. I feel like just talking about how we feel, like, whoo, we're feeling really overwhelmed right now and we want to help them whenever possible. It's just that lately you feel like you're just not able to meet their needs. That makes you sad or disappointed or what have you. So kind of starting from that point of just starting to set that boundary for yourself, right? And and explaining, this feels like a lot. I just don't know that I can meet your needs. So um, not sure if there's something certain going specific going on. Uh, but sort of giving them a heads up that you may be setting some boundaries, right? If it's something that's maybe surrounding a certain event, like something major, uh, maybe a divorce or a death or some other major life transition, you know, sometimes as we ebb and flow, people might be going through something that turns into they're seeming to need you a lot. Either way, really, whether it's temporary or an ongoing situation, it really boils down to boundaries. and. You still want this person in your life, and it's okay to draw those boundaries. And this is a huge part, I feel like, of simplifying our lives that we sometimes overlook or feel uncomfortable with doing. But, you know, they can look as simple as deciding how often you're going to answer your phone when you're in the middle of something else, right? Maybe you just want to focus on the task at hand and really, you know, just be present. And so you're going to turn your ringer off. If you're spending time with family or you're relaxing at the end of a super busy day or eating a meal or what have you. So you get to decide what you feel like is reasonable and what you can handle. Hmm. I think the takeaway that I've heard you say a few times now is that in any situation with friends, whether you're breaking up with a friend, whether you have a friend who never reciprocates the effort, whether you have a friend who's super needy, whatever the situation is, a great place to start is always with those I statements. I am feeling this way, or I need to shut my phone off when I'm working, or I do this, I, I, I. When we do that, we're setting our boundaries, we're putting ourselves first, and we're also keeping the other person in the loop without without putting the blame on anybody else. So instead of saying, why do you always cancel on me last minute? <laughs> instead say, I'm feeling disappointed because I was really looking forward to seeing you for coffee this morning. I love that. Just start with an I statement. My last question for you then, well, I have two left. My, my second to last question is for the less but better friendships that we have chosen to nurture, how can we best nurture them despite life just always getting in the way? How can we show our friends how much they mean to us? So I feel like this is all about priorities, right? So remembering that we all benefit from this human connection, from these deep, fulfilling friendships, um, and making 
that a priority. So in the same way that we will prioritize other appointments like the dentist or the doctor or for some of us, you know, going to the gym, we make sure we're always at our favorite class, attending our kids' activities and events, right? There are things that we we put high on the list. So put your relationships on that list, put things on the calendar. And, you know, I've worked with folks who have found a huge success in deciding that Sunday is their extended family day, let's say, you know, family they don't live with, they know they want to see and connect with. Or Thursday mornings is the time to meet for coffee with their best friend. Even if it's an every other week type of thing, even if you've got friends that are long distance and it's phone calls, carving out that time putting it on the calendar and making it something that doesn't get planned over. It's just like going to the grocery, doing our laundry. Like we have to do it at some point, right? So making those pieces of relationship support being just as important, even if it's not, let's say, okay, well, gosh, I I don't know if this person's schedule and I are going to, you know, connect that kind of thing. You could just put a name down on your calendar and drop that person a note in the mail. Um, Just some sort of connection with the people that are most important to you will get you in the habit of remembering that it's a big part of your life. And Of course, life is going to happen. It does. You may get out of the habit. You're maybe traveling, and so your schedule changes. And at that point that you realize you haven't spoken to someone in a while, just put it on the calendar then. Stop what you're doing and pick up the phone or send a text message or whatever it is. Um, You can always get back on track because sometimes our plans just don't go the way we hope. The other thing I would say is get really good at saying no. Um, And this is something I talk about with people when we talk about simplifying our calendars, right? So especially when it comes to social opportunities, they can really mount up, right? So we get invited to parties and graduations and weddings and coffee dates and just all kinds of things, right? And we can't possibly fit all those in. So get really good at saying no to those things that don't feel good without the guilt, right? You're saying no to these things so that you can say yes to those few meaningful and deep relationships that you love. So you're really following your minimalist values by just keeping the friendships in your life that benefit all. So I think saying no is a is a huge, huge piece. Those are excellent tips. Thank you so much. I would also just say too, I used to be the friend who would say yes, yes, yes to everything because I didn't want to disappoint. And then when the event or whatever it was came, I would either go and not be thrilled about it or cancel last minute. And I think a great way, I've learned that a great way to nurture those deep soul connections, to think long and hard about their invitation and answer genuinely. Don't say yes And I'm talking to myself. (laughs) Stephanie, don't say yes if Friday night comes along and you just want to sit on the couch in your pajamas. You're going to you're going to not enjoy yourself. You're not going to have a nice time. Then don't say yes at the at the outset. Really think about it. So that's that's another way we can, I think, honor our friendships is to be intentional about our yeses and our no's. 
So Meredith, where can my listeners get more of you and where can they find you online? Well, I have a website and that website is mforhealth.com. And I'm also on Facebook just using my name. So I'm in both of those places and I have articles and I do videos and all kinds of stuff. If folks want to connect, you can find me there. Well, Meredith, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You've given me a lot to think about and a lot that I can take with me into my own deep soul friendship. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. It was great. Listeners, I so hope you enjoyed that conversation with Meredith Keith Church. I have linked to her website and her Facebook page in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 201 if you're interested in learning more about Meredith's work. Now, this was a long episode. I want to be respectful of your time. So I'm just going to say I will see you on Thursday when I'm answering another listener's question. See you then. Take care. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co